So actually, I, I just skip around with my questions anyway. Um, it, actually, now we're talking about children. I was wondering, you know, since you came to America and uh, then you got married and you had children, I was wondering how do you feel uh, your fiction has changed? You know, it's interesting because I actually became a writer after I had my first child. Oh, right. So, okay. Yeah, so I have always been a mother, I suppose. Mm. You know, a lot more I've been a mother longer than being a writer. Mm. But I do think, you know, I, I, I think for me it, it's at one point, you know, you're writing in this vacuum and all of a sudden you realize your children are growing up and one day they're going to read your writing. Mm-hmm. And that's a little, that's a little different, but I, you know, that's always on the back of my mind. So I wouldn't say my fiction has changed greatly, except, you know, I think I, I, I mean, how do I put this way? I would think twice if I put child to suffering. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see. I, I didn't think about it that way. Yes, I can understand because it was something you were talking about um, before about um, having your uh, parents uh, read your fiction and, and then you have this other element of responsibility for your children and I can see how it's delicate. But your writing is so delicate, so... Thank you, I hope so. (laughs) No, even if you write about things that are shocking, like a a poisoning or a murder or infidelity in a marriage, um, you know, it's done with such delicacy that I think you have no worries to show your children. You know... I, I do think they, well, I don't actually worry so much because I also know they have read much, but some of my work, uh-huh. some of my books. So I, I think it's, you know, it's just interesting. Uh, like you, you, you make up a fiction world, mm-hmm. and you think this world has nothing to do with your real life, but it's not true. It's actually the fiction world and the real life, they actually overlap sometimes. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting thing because, you know, um, you know the act of immigration for one thing. It's a it seems to me, uh, it's more so something that immigrants think about because you are reinventing yourself, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. No, it's it's your interview. But no, I think <laughs> you um you come you come to America. Uh, and you're you're telling your story a lot because people ask you because they're curious and and so you think about your life like a beginning and a middle and an end and it, it, I think it's a I think you know from the writers I've spoken to it's a great advantage you know to speak two languages to have this many stages of your life. Yes, I think it's it's especially it's interesting when you say you know there's a beginning, middle, and end, and I. Think you know for those of us who have crossed borders, it's the artificial beginning is interesting to me. You know, there's a, like a clear cut. You know, that's the old world, that's the old country, and here's the new life, new country. 
it is an advantage. You know, you are looking at, you know, you are looking at life through old, the old pairs of eyes and the, old, the new pair of eyes, and and there's always that ambivalence. You know, where you belong and how you belong, and these things. I, I do think they, they are advantages of immigrant writers or writers, you know, with two languages or writers who have two worlds. Because that's something in in the title story of A Thousand Years of Good Prayers, um, Mr. Xi's daughter, is her name uh, Yilan? Yilan, uh, yeah. yeah. So she, she's expressed something that is, it seems close to that. If you grow up in a language, you never learn to express your feelings, and you, learn, and, and you find yourself through this new language. Yes. Uh, and it's interesting because that line is often quoted. You know, for better or for worse, people probe blood money. And, you know, I, like, I, I hate to say, well, that's my feeling. I don't want to align myself with a character. But I do think that's true. When you have a new language, you're, I mean, especially with this language you have gained rather than it's given to you as your mother tongue. You have gained this new language. You have gained a lot of new skills with the language. You have gained vocabularies that you, you don't have in your mother tongue, and those things are important. Sure, and not just that. I mean, I find, you know, in speaking another language, and especially that moment when you're not proficient at it, that there you can be more honest because you don't have a choice to be so elegant and not dishonest, but you can't hide yourself so much. Yes, and to the point sometimes right right yeah you can but that's that's liberating it's in a way it's almost like an actor who is embodying a role you are yourself like an actor becomes themselves even if they're in a character that's not who they are but yes. you have these freedom to express a different part of yourself yeah yeah i agree with you and and i think Especially, you know, if you take if you take the script away from the actors, just give them minimum words. You know, yes, they have to find exact words to say the exact things they need to say. And I think I, I think all immigrants, or you know, when we learn a language, we really after I agree with you. We we went through that stage. And and I think I mean one thing that's fascinating uh, why. I enjoy your your novels and stories is that your fiction also addresses old-fashioned themes so like duty shame honor loss of face uh, suppressed emotion um, collective responsibility and this is not addressed by a lot of writers because of the way society is now yeah, you know, yes. I think I might an old-fashioned writer. I think people often comment that I'm a 19th-century writer, and well, maybe it's true. And, and I, I think there are different ways to look at the world. I mean, not. I think it's not because my characters live in the older world. It is, you know. I mean, if you look at, for instance, Americans, I think. Shame, you know, these oppressed, oppressed feelings. I look around at Americans around me, I think they feel these things as 
cheerfully. But it's not something that would be written or oftentimes written by American writers because Americans, I, I do think American writers write, you know, different things where they focus on different themes. And so for me, I'm just drawn to those characters and I'm drawn to those themes. Oh, it's very, to me, it's, it's very, I don't think it's so old fashioned, but it's a contemporary, uh, but it's a t contemporary truth for certain people. So to me, because I grew up in a multi-generational immigrant family, and so that's normal to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, yes. grandfather and grandmother, you know, that, that's more normal. Um, well, they're Chinese, uh, Chinese from my my grandfather, uh, but it's uh, not Mandarin speaking Cantonese. So, um, but I'm not. Uh, how do you say? I I I have that culture, but I left uh, America, where most of my family live now, uh, when I was oh. young. So, um, but to me, yeah. it's very real. Sorry, go ahead. You have Irish background too. Ah, uh, yes, Irish as well, and I, I'm Irish American, but I have Irish passport too. Oh, okay, yeah. See, so you understand? I think it's a mix. You know, it's a mixed thing, and we all bring our things. And they actually, I actually think uh, Irish and American. I mean, the Irish and the Chinese are quite alike in many ways. Ah, uh, that's strange. Yes, because you have an affinity. I think um, you spoke about him as being one of your teachers, William Trevor. I think 